Hey everybody, welcome to We Got the Beat. I made my sister laugh before we started recording. <laughs> the podcast devoted to teen entertainment from the 80s and beyond. I'm your host, Michael, and my sidekick. My, my, uh... No! What? I am not your sidekick. Okay, so you're the lead, you're the host, I'm the sidekick. I don't care. We Can we be equals? Oh! I didn't think about that. We can be equals if just for one day... <laughs> Okay, I like it. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, all right. My co-host, <laughs> Mindy's on the other side. Um, I, I think that's I'm unfair. Nobody's sidekick. Well, I think it's because you're my younger sister, and I just, you know, I think that's the... I know, it's fine. I just unplugged my computer back. So they... Come on, give it to me, cut! <laughs> all right, so this episode, not fucking around. <laughs> We're going to be discussing two more uh, metamorphoses, uh makeover movies uh she's out of control and the new guy this is a genre that i really enjoy and but it's mostly done i feel like in the teen genre and it's kind of an obvious because you know you're going through puberty and stuff like that and, and massive change in real life um but i feel like there's like there's a small one like with uh what's the movie with audrey hepburn where she has the big it's from based on pygmalion right what is that oh. one? my fair lady uh-huh. Yeah, they do that every once in a while, but a lot of times I feel like it's compressed down into montages like the way they did with Pretty Woman. Hmm. Yeah, of, I guess there are a lot of makeover movies out there in the yeah. world, huh? But I mean, like, thematically, no. It seems like it's just a short little piece and then they move on. Like, that's just a small part of the plot instead of being, like, the big hook. Yeah. And uh, so she's out of control. Uh, the only movie I know of that Tony Danza starred in, I feel like he just did some like supporting roles after that. Like he's in Angels in the Outfield and Don John and a few others. But on TV, though, I didn't know. I did not know that he had a whole bunch of dead serious TV movies during the seasons of Who's the Boss? Did you know that? other stuff he was on at the same time is that what you're saying yeah so like you know how uh, some actors would do movies during their breaks from the show and yeah. you know they try to get theatrical but some people like and john ritter did the same thing is that he would take um uh tv movies that were more serious let him you know stretch mm -hmm. his abilities and i had no idea that tony danza did like six or seven of these like more serious dramas and i kind of want to go find him because i think he is a legitimately good actor which is ironic, since when you look at it on paper, <laughs> he's the guy who only played Tony. <laughs> and it doesn't look like he had the, that kind of ability, but I thought he was great. I think he's great in this movie. Um, <clears throat> I'm just kind of looking at some of his other credits, and I guess there's a lot of stuff that I'm not really that familiar with, you know. There was things that he was known for, and, you know, other he had other TV shows that kind of, you know, um, that he was involved with either before, uh, but he really gets made fun of a lot for Who's the Boss. That show gets made fun of a lot. Yeah, uh, uh, it's fine. But, I, I watch reruns, it's fine. I mean, it's no worse than any of the other fucking stupid teen uh, TV shows like Growing Paints. I don't understand the wave of love for that show. That show sucks. Um... And I just think about all the other ones. Like, what? So, Family Ties is good. Facts of Life is good. Cosby Show. And let's erase the fact that Cosby is a scumbag. Let's just, it's fine. It's okay. I don't understand why it was the number one show in the world for like eight years. 
But a lot of the teen sitcoms and family sitcoms, or whatever, that just waved over the whole 80s and early 90s with like TGIF, most of them are pretty throwaway garbage. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I can see why he would take the opportunity to do a theatrical film because back then, crossing over wasn't that easy. No. Yeah. I, I That makes sense to me. Because, I mean, even a guy like Tom Selleck, who had, you know, insane following, you know, Magnum P.I. was always a big hit, and he only left the show so he could go do movies. That was a rare opportunity. It didn't happen very often. Now, mind you, it was usually a loophole of a small independent company who couldn't afford a big name, so they would hire someone from TV, you know, recognizable uh, a person that they could sell, but also not pay through the nose. So that's how they got some of these TV actors to star in their films. And while this is a Sony release, this is actually a smaller uh, production from Weintraub. And I think they only did like a handful of movies. Like, do you remember Listen to Me with Kirk Cameron? Yeah, sure. I had a huge Kirk Cameron face. And, you know, a few other movies, like, that they would do. I'm trying to look. Weintraub Entertainment Group. I think their biggest thing was Enter the Dragon, like, years ago. Oh, right. Uh, Oh, yeah. They only released a handful of movies. Uh, Troop Beverly Hills, uh, Listen to Me, My Stepmother is an Alien. Well, they lost their ass on that one, even though I love that movie. Fresh Horses, The Big Blue, and The Gods Must Be Crazy 2. That's hardly anything at all. Yeah, this wasn't a big hit. This one broke even. It cost 12 made $12. Um, I think it's a really good production. It's got a good director from Mr. Mom, Stan Dragotti. And I don't understand why this got such bad reviews. I mean, like, fucking terrible reviews. I don't get it. Do you? I don't... It's not a bad movie, per se. However, I think that he's he portrays a pretty... Uh, toxic father in this movie. Well, yeah, but it's also kind of the point. For most of the movie, he doesn't realize that he's completely on true. the wrong track. Yeah, I well, I guess that's true. That the whole like the point of this is how wrong his thought, his thinking is. Right. But it's it's a little, it is a little bit. I don't know. He's like obsessive. I mean, I guess it's not like it's a concept that's that far fetched. I mean, didn't they just make, I felt like, what, Cock Blockers is basically like the modern version of this movie? It is, yeah. And what's the 10 rules about dating my teenage daughter? It's essentially the same thing as the show. And, you know, all my male friends that uh, had children or whatever, you know, they told so many stories about, um, you know, like, oh, I was waiting for, uh, (laughs) I was waiting for my daughter's new boyfriend or whatever to come over to the house and meet him. And I was cleaning my shotgun. These are true stories. Uh, intimidating kind of stuff. They're all paranoid because we know, <laughs> we know ourselves. We know what men think. So you have a daughter, you kind of flip out and get really panicky, especially when you have a daughter who goes through a massive transformation like this. This is breakneck for him. He's not ready for yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should talk about how like messed up it was that his girlfriend did that behind his back. Like that's not just. It's not just one thing that, that she agreed to help her with. She completely changed everything like, yeah. in a weekend. It wasn't a slow process, you know, but um, the movie also wouldn't have much of a plot if it did, if it did go in a slow way. Because yeah. that's more television where it's a slow process because you have more time to do I it. And, um, I kind of get where she's coming from, though, because he was dragging his feet. And, and I don't think that if... 
maybe they should have just had a proper discussion about it, you know, but they didn't. But some people hold their children back because of fear. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, because, you know, on top of the whole, like, you know, it's scary having a teenage daughter. He was also a single dad and that added on top of the the fear. I mean, I, I understand how, I'm sure it can be very scary to have, you know, one of those elements. I mean, it seems like it's terrifying just to be a parent, you know, yeah, all the things yeah. you worry about. And add that that element into it that he doesn't have someone to share that, uh, you know, all that with. Right. So, well, and also from Catherine but, Hicks' perspective, she doesn't have children. Yeah. She hasn't been through this. She's going right. through it from more like a uh, like a friendly approach to yeah. Katie. Yes. Instead of motherly. Yes. Man, she was. They really, they really laid into the top-notch nerdiness, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, cause, but, but that's the thing is, like, the the makeover version of her was probably was much closer to who she really was and what she looked like. Gosh, she was so beautiful. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I can't so remember. Cute. In my head, I can never remember who my first crush was. Was it Alyssa Milano or, or was it Amy Dolan's? <laughs> if it was real life, if this know. was the real world, <laughs> Tony Danza would hate my guts for having a crush on both of his <laughs> daughters. Yeah. <laughs> the. Uh, I think the funny thing is, and I've seen it happen with uh, someone else I, I knew, they went through a, a big transformation and then there's like this unleashing where they kind of forget who they were a little bit. And there's that scene where she's just constantly like dating guys, dating guys, you know, and nobody really matters because she's like, I've been, you know, like right. in this cage forever and now I'm being let loose and I'm kind of making up for lost time. But she isn't well, even yeah. that old, which is weird because she's only 16, right? No, she's 15. That happens, like, after her 15th birthday, like, immediately after. 15 is nothing. Yeah. But there is a point, too, where she's later on, you know, when her dad's, like, you know, kind of calls her on it. And is like, this is kind of cruel, you know? And she's just, like, she's, like, I just have all this power and I like it. That, yeah, that was a fucked, that's the kind of the moment that they had in um, uh, Can't Buy Me Love. Yes. So they're, yes, they're similar. it's exactly. almost like an inverse, except it's not just from his perspective. It's from the perspective of the father. So that does give it at least a, you know, I don't like movies that are just uh, switched around versions of something you already know. It's so lazy. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, it is really interesting that this is a teen movie, but it's almost not a teen movie. Yeah, it's real borderline. It's, it's much more about his perspective. And, and not, I mean, yes, they do have some good moments and get some growth there for both of them, but it's, it's much, much more about, uh, uh, leans towards him and his issues. Yeah. I like, uh, the relationship that he had with Joey, uh, played by Dana Ashbrook, which yes. I looked up just now. I thought that he was way older than that. And I was like, whoa, no, he was only 20 at the time they filmed this, um, He's a guy, I think he was on uh, Twin Peaks, but he was in a bunch of horror movies around this time. Yeah, he was on Twin Peaks because I remember when uh, Psych, Psych did a Twin Peaks episode and then they had like almost, you know, a bunch of the cast members from the show mm -hmm. from Twin Peaks come and be on that episode. And I remember him being on it. Oh, okay. Obviously much, much older, but yes, I knew he looked really familiar. 
but man, what was what were they thinking with that hairstyle back then? Like, what was that? <laughs> well, I just looked that on his was... Wikipedia, and that's his hairdo for when he went to the Emmys in 1991. Yes. <laughs> that was huge. Yes. But um, what I like about him is that he acts like he's such a tough guy, but he's so nervous around his dad that he's constantly hiding. And then there's that weird moment where he is like, you're being cool to me, and I'm not used to that. It's throwing me off. And I thought it was kind of a sweet, yeah. like, they connected. But then Katie's so, you know annoyed by it that she's like well i gotta break up with you now because my dad likes you i'm like what the fuck yeah and then and then he shows up at the house like he came to see her dad <laughs> that was kind of sweet yeah i like the party that they had where he was listening to the old records and stuff like that and they thought he was cool i gotta be honest with you like i didn't i don't hate this movie and i remember watching it a lot when i was younger but really the best part of this movie is the music <laughs> <laughs> oh it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's top notch. It's top notch. Yeah, they they spent yeah. a good amount of money. I'm trying to remember. What, so, uh, uh, well, I don't see a whole lot of songs that I know on the soundtrack. Oh, oh, because this is stuff that was only released on the soundtrack. Well, Secret Agent Man is a classic for any movie. I feel like every time they and pop like, that, the Kinks. Yeah. Oh, and Oingo Boingo. Stuff. You gotta have Oingo Boingo if it's an '80s teen movie. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But I did think it was a little bit interesting, you know, when he, you know, you don't get that much about his background, but you do get a little bit, especially when, like, his girlfriend, you know, I thought that was pretty messed up that he, like, proposed to her, but it definitely was, like, not really very sincere. No, that was a manipulation moment completely. And his motivation was really fucked up. Yeah. Well, his, um, so his... that part was really disturbing. But, uh, you know, when, how they supported each other with her parents, oh, you know, yeah. he, she, she really had his back and he really had hers too. And that was kind of like, uh, you know, a bit redeeming. I thought, <laughs> boy, um, her parents suck, especially her dad. They suck. Holy shit. They suck. But then he had, when he, when he put him on the spot and he had to like, he's like, well, this was, yeah. He's like, oh, you were a hippie with long hair and. Like, I mean, why is burning incense make you a bad person? It was really strange that <laughs> Mindy, he pointed out. I have literally seen people say yoga is the devil's work. <laughs> yoga. Well, this, I guess the... there's, you know, something <laughs> out there. Something, no matter what it is, it's going to piss off somebody, right? Yeah. Um, but, the, I mean, at least I felt like that was a little bit redeeming for their relationship. But, I, you know, I definitely, I mean, nobody's perfect. And I think that they, you know, definitely pointed out some, you know, that their relationship had flaws. I think the thing that frustrated me the most was that everybody forgave him so quickly. Yeah. And when how, he, when like, he went he, to the prom... That was oh over my the line. God. Yeah. And then, you know, when then at the end when he's you know, when he's finished telling this tale to the police officers and they're there at the end, he's wearing his neck brace or whatever, and they're just like, You are a saint. You should <laughs> you're like the father of the year. You're the best person best dad we've ever met. And you know, all the women are just forgiving him and the and the her, her the girlfriend's dad's just like, Oh, well you should have just told me you're having daughter trouble and it's just like the girlfriend, like, you know, forgave him so fast. The daughter forgave him so fast. Yeah. I mean... I mean, they, well, they, they didn't explain either. The one way that they do make it work, though, is having Wallace Shawn be the biggest <laughs> fucking tool who manipulates his fear. 
and not because he actually believes in it is that he's just doing it for the money and you know just to, and to get that job on the radio station i know though was the whole thing uh like long con i, I, I feel like it was i think he, once he knew who he was he could manipulate that and I can see, and we see it all the time now, especially with politics, is how people's fear can be manipulated into making them do something oh, yeah. insane. And that's what happens with this character. I mean, I feel like, you know, our American society, it, 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 it's bedrock is feeding on your fear. Yeah. Which we could talk about for a very long time, but let's not. Um, no, we'll so do that when we that. discuss yeah. the mist <laughs> someday down the road. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and still, Matthew Perry. I'm still um, haunted by that. Yeah. Movie, Matthew Perry cements his asshole snarkiness that he would become so famous for. Oh, God. Yeah. He had done a, a TV show on Fox right before this. Um, called like Second Chance or something like that. You and I discussed this when we talked about Back to the Beach, I think. Because... Um, the little kid from Better Off Dead and Back to the Beach was also in this show. And he was like the sweet guy on that. But then he got cast in a TV movie the next year called Dance Till Dawn, which is about the prom. Uh, and where he's, oh, yeah. where he's Christina Applegate's uh, boyfriend, who's also a tool. But he really, like, this is everything you know about his character in, like, hey, Friends. prom really brings out the worst in people. <laughs> Anyways, Proms and weddings. Yeah, yeah, she's all that did that, uh, did that too with Paul Walker. Ugh, well, I think he was kind of a... Yeah, I'll save the word. I never went he to was... my prom, so I have no experience. I went to after prom, where <laughs> we did all the, the fun stuff. I had a great time at prom because I had no expectations. And I, you know, my date was my friend who was gay, but wouldn't didn't actually wouldn't admit to anyone that he was gay. So I knew that there was no, like, expectation right, or yeah. anything, and we just have fun. Well, think so about the town we grew up right. in. You can't admit it in that oh, town. Oh, no, <laughs> I don't. I, there's no judgment there. Yeah, I yeah. Just, I'm just saying I knew, and there was, there was the expectation was is that we would have fun, and we did. Yeah. Yay. My date backed out on me uh, fairly early without really giving me a heads up, so... Mm. I'm glad I found out that she's an anti-vaxxer and a loony, so I'm glad that never worked out. <laughs> Woo! Um, Save yourself, heartache. Yep. Uh, so our second film is The New Guy. Now, this one is really cranked up on the wackiness and jokes. It's almost another kind of spoof of this mini-genre, the makeover movie. Um, almost, yeah. I think it's fucking hilarious. There's some stuff in there, of it's course, that's a little... It's still really good. Yeah, there's still stuff that's a little touchy, but that's why comedy especially yeah. is, especially when it's 20 years old and it's aimed at teenagers who aren't, you know, the most complicated with uh, or delicate with their jokes. Um, but I think it's really smart, and I didn't realize it was such a big hit. This didn't okay. do anything for his career, though. That's so strange. I don't know. Like, I think that he, uh, can I, hey, I wanted to say something random about Tony Danza just once for one second that okay. I forgot I was going to say. Is it, you're going to say, mean, hold me closer, Tony Danza? <laughs> oh, God. No, but that's never going to leave my brain now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> nope. Never. Never thought of it. Okay. First of all, did you know that he, before he was an actor, he was a boxer? Uh, I thought he was a baseball player. Maybe that was his character. I know he, he was he an was a professional. He huh. was a professional boxer. I thought that was fascinating. I I learned at some point. I think maybe when Don John, Don is that was called Don John. Yeah. 
came out that he quit. He gave up. He like took a year off acting and taught tenth uh, grade English for an entire year. Wow. I, I don't know why. Also, uh, in the nineties, he became like pen pals with Tupac. <laughs> with Tupac, that's not what I expected. <laughs> I know. It's just like there's a lot of really odd, interesting facts about him. He's friends with Liza Minnelli. I don't know. Weird. Super yeah. weird. Okay. Well, anyway, I think, I you know he thought... had he had like two variety shows uh, that didn't really well variety shows mixed with like talk show and they didn't really take off. But he seems like the kind of guy that everybody would get along with. He seems like a, a good time guy, like in not a douchey kind of way, but. Anyway, I just thought those were interesting things, and I wanted to share that. Yeah. Um, also, I really like Don John, but, you know, I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know. JGL. Yeah, and I think that was the, like, really smart casting that he did that. Anyway, sorry, back to back to our good friend, the new guy. Uh, so, new guy only cost $13 million, made $31 million. Back then, that was a big deal for, an, like, kind of a smaller uh, teen comedy, especially since DK, DJ Qualls had only done Road Trip at this point. I remember this sat on the shelf for about six months. They, they pushed it back. It was going to be like a fall release, and they, they waited till May, and that might have been a good choice. And I don't know if they had to do reshoots. It didn't say anything here, but $13 million, I'm going to tell you right now, I bet you three of that was spent on cameos and the soundtrack. I can't I believe know. how many There's fucking so cameos. Many- there's so many cameos and how like interesting some of their choices were. Okay, first of all, love fucking Lyle Lovett as his dad. Oh, like, perfect what a, casting. What a perfect, brilliant, bizarre, wonderful. I mean, what a what an odd like just odd duck this character is of yeah. Dizzy anyway. Given like, embraces so- was a brilliant little choice. The everything was just so bizarre, like delightfully bizarre, though, and like the fact that he like loved like funk music. Yeah. Well, just... here's the thing: is what I like about teen movies, flawed or not, is they have a voice. We watched yeah. what was that one that we had? Well, whatever it takes had no voice whatsoever. It was just a cheap uh, knockoff of Cyrano uh, right. the Bergerac. If you are trying to go straight to the mainstream, middle of the road, I'm probably not going to like you if you're a comedy. So many of these huge hits are just like, well, we can take the whole family. I usually don't like that. I want something weird and off kilter. That's why I will watch Bubble Boy before I ever watch, um, like, uh, uh, oh my God, The Promotion. What is that? The one with uh, The Proposal. Or... Um, Analyze this, you know those generic ones that just appealing enough that they make a ton of money. I'll take. Are you this... talking about the proposal, the movie with Ryan Reynolds? Yes, it's so generic. It's so middle. But of there's. The... But have you ever actually watched it? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, okay. Just checking. Like, I feel like the dance scene with Betty White is worth the view. Yeah, just I, don't know. I just, I just didn't but... understand how it made like 150 million. But well. I... It's because uh, a lot of people don't have taste. Yeah. And they like really bland shit. Well, like you said, it's a safe movie. That's why some movies make so much money is because it's safe to take the whole family. Yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. Uh, This is the only movie directed by Ed Decker, who is more of a writer, who um, also did something about Marius, where he started cashing in his uh, 
probably where he cashed in so he could do the new guy, but also did the Lizzie McGuire movie, a couple of Santa Claus movies, uh, Rebound, which is that basketball movie with Martin Lawrence. So he got some stuff after this, but something about Mary was his first, well, it's his options, but I don't know what the hell that is. Mostly a TV guy, though. Boy Meets World. <laughs> yeah, baby. Do you remember Chicago Suns with Jason Bateman and, uh, oh, he was on Numbers. What was his name? Really like uh, David Crumholtz. Um, yeah, not really. No, yeah. sorry. It was a good show. Um, but here he really flexes his muscle with like odd, quirky little characters and little bits and pieces. But how did they get so many musicians involved? Was he a video director and I don't know it? Was there a, 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 a label thing? Like, I mean, look at this. We, we have Gene Simmons. Uh, we have Tenacious D. Well, part of Tenacious D. We have Jermaine Tommy Dup- Lee. Uh, J- yeah, Tommy Lee, Jermaine Dup- Dupree, um, Kumo D, Henry Rollins, who kind of was an actor, musician, Master P, uh, Silk the Shocker. You remember that fucking name? <laughs> Vanilla Ice. I mean, there's so many weird choices here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The whole thing is just pretty, like, bizarre again. And, it's like, and the whole thing with Tony Hawk, like, what the Oh yeah, and and Charlie O'Connell and um Jerry O'Connell. No, oh my God, what? <laughs> the I, I love watching the uh, credits where they have all the bloopers where they're just horsing around. They, they look like they had a lot of fun together. It's like Zoe Deschanel. I don't know how many movies she's been in, but basically this was just like. I mean, I feel like most of the movies she did really like just leaned into the whole like like quirky, you know, cute like quirky girl that she's made her whole career out of yeah well i think at this uh, point she had just come off almost famous did this did um what's the movie tim allen the florida one the one that got big trouble big trouble you know both those movies got pushed back wow um and then pepper apparently is a huge fan of big trouble <laughs> i'm sorry I mean, she has feelings about tim allen <laughs> oh yeah political views <laughs> um yeah, this is like really where she started getting that lined up, where she was just the quirky girl for so many years. I, did she ever get away from that? I, I didn't watch her show. No. no, oh my god, are you serious? The whole thing is about how fucking weird she is. Oh, okay. But in a I good mean, way, like delight, It's delightful. Yeah. Uh, and she really, like, I, I mean, I don't think it would work if they didn't have her like how much she plays off of the other actors like Jake Johnson and like Max Greenfield. Like, I mean, they're all kind of really bizarre in their own special ways, but they play off each other really well. If it wasn't, you know, if they didn't have a good ensemble, I'm not sure it would have worked quite as well. But no, the whole thing is about how fucking weird she is. The, uh, I don't think this movie works as well without DJ Qualls. His cartoonish, he looks like he's from an old cartoon. Like a Popeye cartoon, he's he's so particular in how he looks and how he carries himself, and most of the jokes work because of that. Some stuff doesn't work. I think the the big jokes actually fail horribly. Uh, the part where he you know he's grabbed by his wiener, um, that joke was oh, fucking yeah. stupid. Or the one where the guy's pooping, I thought that was stupid. The stuff that's really obvious and upfront isn't funny. It's the other like smaller moments. The stuff is kind of yeah. in the background. I think. I think Eddie Griffin is. This might be the only time I actually find him funny. Yeah. Maybe Undercover Brother. I haven't seen it forever, but he's only in a small part of this. He's third build, but what? He maybe he's in ten minutes at most. 
I'm really not sure. I mean, honestly, it's probably not much. Yeah, he, he does the narration. He does the prison stuff, and that's it. But he, he's so he's also big and cartoonish, and it works for this movie. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you think too hard about any of this, like it's all fucking stupid. Because, like, I mean, why would they let this teenage kid just wander around prison and talk yeah, to all it, the, yeah? There's no way for what he did. He would only go to like maybe be holding cell at the regular, j- you know, the, the right. police station. He wouldn't be going to. But prison. he keeps coming back. Yeah, just like, <laughs> just like hanging out. Yeah, it's it's I, clearly a farce. It, it's a spoof of those makeover kind of movies because also they bring them to the school and all this other stuff. It's just not going to happen. He sets fire to that fucking tree and gets in no trouble. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, yeah, you know, if you if, some of the things you just have to like, just don't think very hard about it. Don't, don't, just enjoy it. Don't overanalyze it because yeah. otherwise it's like what? Because it's all just absurd. Yeah, it, it is a farce. The uh, you know, what's the? He's ca- a hard. I was just gonna say, you know, he is just such a unique guy and so weird and just awkward and like he is not. Not everything is going to work for him. He's not an everyman. No. Uh, His follow-up to this was very funny. We love Lone Star State of Mind. Oh, God. I love that movie so much at first. And the reason why it hurts is because I don't think very many have experienced it. No, it was, what, sent straight to video, and the best way you can find it now is like one of those multi-packs where it's hidden amongst other movies. It never got its time to shine. Hey. Can you pause for a second? Sure. So what I also like about this, and it also makes it seem like a spoof, is the way they do the the bad guy. Uh, Ross Patterson's character is kind of like the, the villain in uh, Fired Up. Uh, the, you know, the shitty boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. Yes. He also very similar in the way that you he's clearly taking something from... I just watched Better Off Dead. And Better Off Dead is the king of the super smarmy, shitty boyfriend. And he feels like he's doing a spoof of that. What I like about this, though, is that he fails constantly. No one gives a shit. (laughs) I mean, he basically, like, gets shit on real quick. Yeah. Uh, This guy actually... And he actually acknowledges it, which is awesome. He, uh, this guy's very interesting because he does a little bit of acting here and there, but he's a writer and director. He writes a series of novels that is the romance novel, romance novels for dudes. Uh, the first one is called At Night She Cries While He Rides His Steed. <laughs> he's done like three of them. <laughs> they're very comical, I guess. I don't know if they're spoofs, but, um. Started off doing short films, and then he did his very first movie called Pool Boy, Drowning Out the Fury, which is completely fucking insane. It's apparently a lost direct-to-video movie from 1990, but it's not. It's just made to look like that. It came out in 2013 or whatever. It has Danny Trejo in it and Jason Mewes, and it's about like this really shitty garbage action film, whatever, that's been discovered from the vaults. It's very weird. Uh, and they did FDR, American Badass. Have you seen this one? No. Barry Bostwick. <laughs> it's a Barry Bostwick what if. Uh, he was a werewolf hunter. And so his wheelchair is loaded with weapons or whatever. And when he wasn't doing like political stuff, he was in the streets at night or whatever hunting down werewolves. I mean, is this supposed to be a joke on like Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, it is. It's supposed hunter? to be. Yeah, it's supposed because to be a parody that- of that. 
honestly, that's some shit. That's some fucking dumbass shit. So I probably would prefer this like spoof version. Oh my god, he did a semi sequel where Barry Bostwick comes back as an old man, and <laughs> and it's called Helen Keller versus Night Wolves. <laughs> Wow, I kind of want to see that. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the first two. I haven't seen that one, but they're very they're very low budget, very ridiculous. But if you know Barry Bostwick, he's fucking game. He'll go for Barry any Bostwick crazy... and I have the same birthday. Wow, I did not know. I feel more love for him than I already did, which is a lot. Yeah, I just feel like people didn't remember how good he was until Spin City. Yeah. Um, I feel like Eliza Dushku is kind of generic in this movie. Uh, yeah. They don't. It's not her fault. They don't give her much to do. I think that she is a good actress that often gets the shaft. Yeah, that's literally the word no. that I was going to use because it feels like she always gets like the throw me downs from other more well known actresses. I mean, she got a little bit of heat because of Buffy and. Uh, um, Oh, uh, what's the cheerleading movie again? Bring it on. Bring it on. You know, she got a little bit of heat after that, but I just feel like no one knew what to do. And she did, what, two or three movies? And uh, and then she just had to go back to TV to do True Calling, which I think is underrated. And Dollhouse, I think they fucked up in the second season. I, I didn't really care for the second season, but I don't yes, know. Yes, I agree. I, I don't know what she's on now, but I thought she was a really good actress. For a while there, they were talking about doing a True Lies sequel. And I thought it'd been a really good idea is if she now was the spy, you know, and, and she was on her yeah. first mission, whatever. She had to go save her parents or something. That would be a cool take. I think that she had a, per I mean, I don't think, I know, she had a very bad experience on there that she has now talked about on, on True Lives. So I don't know that she would ever want to revisit that. Oh, okay. Life. I know she had a terrible experience on Bull. And they yeah, paid I heard her about off, that too. and they keep I mean, the fucking show on. Basically, she quit acting, I think, because of that experience. Yeah, that I mean, sucks. that's the that, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think that this guy either was a bully and he sexually harassed her, or both. And they're just like, let's just fire her because she spoke out and keep Michael Weatherly like like he's anything special. Right? Come on. We, how do you keep the criminal going? And the show's still on, still it, on I the mean, fucking it, air. But, but that happens all the time. Well, at least the people she, I mean, who... It's a band-aid on a gushing wound, but at least they, I think they had to pay her like $2.5 million because she was supposed to be uh, the co-star yeah. for the whole season. Um, you know, and she has spoken out a lot, you know, in the last few years about Joss. her really, yeah. really bad experience. Not Well, I wasn't even going to talk about Joss, but these other experiences. But... Um, it's just a shame that she, I mean, I think, you know, she hasn't acted in like five years or something. Yeah. And I think she, prob she probably never will. And DJ Qualls wasn't comfortable coming out for so long because yeah. he thought that was going to destroy his career. And that's another terrible thing. You just got to hide. Yes. He's hiding behind, a, you know, you're already playing an actor, but then you have to pretend to be something else on top of that. And it's just, it's got to be really hard. Like, why so do we have, we have everything no. Everything is just a lie. We have no openly gay action stars, and I think that's fucking horseshit. Because mm -hmm. what does that have to do with your portrayal in action? I mean, the closest we have, what, Matthew Bomer? That's uh, just drives me nuts. I can't believe we don't... We, we shouldn't even have... 
I'm going off on a tangent here. I'm sorry, but I feel like we should have gay uh, superheroes by now and action stars because it has nothing to do with their... Ah, never mind. I'm going to get off my no, soapbox. I get it. I get it. I have, I have very similar feelings about things, but I feel like if we get into that, then we could talk about that for hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we want to have a special episode where we talk about that, that's fine, but I don't think that we should... I agree with you 100%. And I mean, most people who know me know I'm, you know, pretty serious, like, you know, have serious feelings about LGBTQ representation and, you know, deep, deep love for people in that community. And, yeah. but, but what I do like, I guess to get back to the movie, there are little bits and pieces here and there that are boundary pushing. They're really trying to get out of the cliche of, what you expect behavior-wise out of these movies. They, I think they treat, I know they go for some of the jokes, but I still think they treat uh, the characters that are all, all, like on the fringes of what you would see in this genre treated better. Yes. Yes. I do think that's true, that like there is a lovely early also, it doesn't take, the whole movie for people to get their heads out their asses, you know, like, you know, a, a real nice change of pace there. Yeah. Um, so I guess of the two, which one do you prefer? Oh, I mean, new guy, like, like it's so watchable. Still. Yeah. I laugh my ass off so much when he was trying to beat the guy up, the main villain, and uh, everybody oh, missed it. having to, like, drag him around because nobody was watching. Yeah, and, like, on the third try, it's like, how do you like it now, Bjorn? I mean, exactly. I mean, it, you know, she's out of control, like, it's okay, but I wouldn't say that, like, I don't know that I actually, like, laughed. Yeah. At all. And you're right. As I think about it more, it it barely qualifies as a teen movie because it's not from yes. the perspective of the teen. But it's a borderline, so I'm I'm making an exception so I don't get mad at myself. <laughs> no, it's okay. But also, you know what? We're human and we're allowed to make mistakes. Like yeah. it wasn't exactly what we remembered it to be. Yeah, and I mean, that's it's, okay. a, it's a comfort watch. Like my stepmother is an alien. To bring that up. No. My, comfort, uh, my stepmother's an alien isn't a teen movie, but it has a big chunk of it focused on. Um, what was her character? I can't. Uh, whatever. Um, but also, it's more of a comfort watch, like a nostalgia watch, because you know some of it isn't good, but it's still entertaining. I think that's what's really important for me. Is I'd rather there's some great movies I will never revisit again. I just watched The Fisher King for the first time. I'm not necessarily sure I will watch it again, but it's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. I, oh, a hundred percent. I mean, there's some movies that I like think are really good, but especially you know those deep emotional hard some often like oscar nominated oscar winning stuff like that shit should probably you know it's so emotional i don't think i can ever watch this at yeah. the time <laughs> the greatest movie i've ever seen in my life is la confidential <laughs> and if you offered me bob the butler <laughs> or la confidential i'm gonna go eh, let's watch bob the butler yep Totally badass. Love it. <laughs> Sometime we're going to have to discuss some kid movies, I think, after the teen movies, because there's stuff that we'll never discuss on the regular show that you and I would love to watch. We're just going to have to have a few, like, random, like, you know what? We just fucking love these movies. Yeah, the early years. You know, whatever. I've never seen Matilda, and apparently I need to. Oh, 
oh, you really should. I mean, there's some movies that people talk about a lot that are or are like nostalgic. And I don't think I think I just watched that for the first time pretty recently. Also, another movie that I re rewatched because I didn't think I liked it was like Coraline. I didn't uh, think I liked that movie. I just don't think I was in the right place when I watched yeah, it. Yeah, that happens. I I've never seen. Yeah. It. Um, Harry the Spy apparently is really great. Good Burger. A, a lot of these movies I missed when oh. I was in. Well, you know, there was a phase where I was so into action movies that I wasn't watching any kids' movies. Well, and you know how much of an influence you had on the things I was watching. I also wasn't watching kids' movies, but I don't know that I was even a kid when Good Burger came out, but. I watched it in the last couple of years, and damn, that shit is funny. Okay. Well, like, that's a teen movie it, we can discuss. It's hilarious. I mean, it's stupid, but it's funny, you know? It's yeah. just another one of those. Oh, God, yeah. We should make a list of just, like, let's watch it for the first time kind of stuff. Yeah, well, there's a lot of Nickelodeon movies that were aimed right there in the middle, like at 13. And yes. technically, that's a teen movie, so, you know, uh, we should cover those. Uh, I think we've dragged us out a little bit too much. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so this is it for this episode. Uh, Mindy, thank you very much for this ep- uh, This. I don't want to say the word episode twice in a row, but I guess I just did. <laughs> uh, Whatever, I would say, you're welcome. I would say check us out on Twitter, but fuck that shit. Oh my God, I gave up. It's too insane. Nah, uh, Twitter makes you feel crazy. Yeah, uh, arguments all day long. You're just enraged. Uh, Facebook, uh, podcast hosts of all kinds. Uh, you'll find us under Hit Rewind. And uh, that's it. Have a good night.